Just a quick note before this episode starts, this contains language to do with sex. If you don't like that, go and listen to another episode. There's loads on this feed. And I'll see you next week. This is very British. I'm Lewis Weston. This week, I have been talking about LGBT stuff. Because it's LGBT History Month here in the UK. And today, I am ending the series by looking at LGBT history in the UK. From 1533 all the way till today. I hope you enjoy. The Burglary Act of 1533 was passed in Parliament during the reign of Henry VIII. This is the first time in law that male homosexuality was targeted for prosecution in the UK, completely outlawing it in Britain, and by extension what would become the entire British Empire. Convictions were punishable by death. It wasn't until 1861, with the passing of the Offences Against the Person Act, that the death penalty was abolished. Instead, being punishable by a minimum of 10 years imprisonment. The Criminal Law Amendment Act in 1885, however, went a step further once again, making any male homosexual act illegal, whether there was a witness present or not, meaning that acts committed in private could be prosecuted. Often, a letter expressing terms of affection between two men was all that was required to bring a prosecution. Legislation was so ambiguously worded that it became known as the Black Males Charter. And in 1895, Oscar Wilde fell victim. Female homosexuality was never typically targeted by legislation, Although discussed for the first time in Parliament in 1921, with a view to introduce discriminatory legislation that became the Criminal Law Amendment Bill of 1921. This ultimately failed with both the House of Commons and the House of Lords due to the fear that the law would draw attention and encourage women to explore homosexuality. It was also assumed that lesbians occurred in an extremely small pocket of the female population. In the post-war period, transgender identities started to become visible. In 1946, Michael Dilton published Self, a study in Ediochronology. The book, which contemporary terms in contemporary terms could be described as an autobiography of the first transgender man to undergo surgery, it recounted Dylan's journey from Laura to Michael and the surgeries undertaken by pioneering surgeons. Sir Harold Gillies. Dylan wrote 
where the mind cannot be made to fit the body, the body should be made to fit approximately at any rate to the mind. In May of 1951, Roberta Cowell, a former World War II Spitfire pilot became the first transgender woman to undergo viaginoplastic surgery in the UK. Carol continued her career as a racing driver and published her autobiography in 1954. Vaginoplastic surgery is plastic surgery of the vagina. Meanwhile, a rise, significant rise in arrests and prosecutions of homosexual men were made after World War II. Many were from high rank and held positions within government and national institutions, such as Alan Turing, the cryptographer whose work played a divisive role in the breaking of the Enigma Code. This increase in prosecutions called into question the legal system in place for dealing with homosexual acts. The report of the Departmental Committee of Homosexual Offences and Prosecution, prosecution better known as the Wolfden Report, it was published in 1957. It was commissioned in response to evidence that homosexuality could not be legitimately regarded as a disease and aimed to bring about change in the current law by making recommendations to the government. Central to the report's findings was that the state should focus on protecting the public rather than scrutinising people's private lives. It took 10 years for the government to implement the Wolfden Report's recommendations in the Sexual Offences Act of 1967. Backed by the Church of England and the House of Lords, the Sexual Offences Act partially legalised sex acts in the UK between men over the age of 21 and conducted in private. Scotland and Northern Ireland followed over a decade later in 1980 and 1981 respectively. It represented a great stepping stone towards equality. But there was still a long way to go. In 1966, the Beaumont Society was set up to provide information and education to the general public, medical and legal professions on transvestism, and encourage research aimed at a fuller understanding. The organisation is now the UK's largest and longest running support group for transgender people and their families. In the wake of the Stonewall riots over in New York in June 1969, over the treatment of LGBT community by the police in the UK, Gay Libertarian Front was founded, or GLF, in 1970. The GLF for, for the rights of LGBT people, urging them to question the mainstream institutions in the UK society which led to their oppression. The JLF protested in solidarity with other oppressed groups and organised the very first Pride March 
1972, which is now an annual event. When the JLF disbanded in late 73, the campaign for homosexual equality, or CHE, based in Manchester, led the fight for equality by legal reform. Age of consent, however, did not come and age of consent equality did not come until 2001 in England and Scotland and Wales and 2009 in Northern Ireland. The fight for sexual equality, however, was far from over. Section 28 of the Local Government Act 1988, introduced by the Conservative government under Margaret Thatcher, banned the local authorities from promoting homosexuality or pretended family relationships and prohibited councils from funding educational materials and projects perceived to promote homosexuality. The legislation prevented the discussion of LGBT issues and stopped pupils getting the support that they needed. Section 28 was repealed in 2003 and Prime Minister David Cameron apologised for the legislation in 2009. In 2004 another milestone was reached with the Civil Partnership Act 2004 which allowed same-sex couples to enter legally binding partnerships similar to marriage. The subsequent Marriage Sense Couples Act 2013 went further allowing same-sex couples to marry in England and Wales. Scotland follows suit with the Marriage and Civil Partnership Scotland's Act of 2014, but Northern Ireland does not have a marriage equality in law. The Gender Recognition Act of 2004, which came into effect on the 4th of April 2005, gave transgender people full legal recognition of their gender, allowing them to acquire a new birth certificate. Although, gender options are still limited to the binary female and male. So there's still a long way to go and we are not giving up anytime soon. That is the history, but I just want to talk about it on a personal note right now. What I find so interesting is the progression, really, in the past 19 years. This is in my lifetime, and it went from being a, in 2000, same-sex couples could only exist in private if you were over the age of 21 after that it was under that it was illegal and between 2000 and 2019 it went from you could get married you could get that went down to 18 So, we're getting there, but there are a couple of things that are annoying for me and things that just should really happen 
I think first off, Northern Ireland's lack of marriage equality. That I mean, that only happened in 2013 in England and Wales. That's six years ago. That is not a long time, considering how long that this has been going on for, since the 1500s it was first recognised and criminalised. And it just seems so strange to me. I mean, there's seven countries in the world where same-sex couples or same-sex acts are punishable by the death penalty. Someone was hanged the other week I was reading because they were gay. That is not okay and something that should never happen. Also, the Gender Recognition Act is good for trans people. It's really, really good, but there are issues with it. You can't just go up and say, oh, I want to be female on my uh, birth certificate because that's the gender that I choose. You have to prove that you are either male or female. It's ridiculous. There was a law going around, I'm not sure. I don't think they passed it as of yet. Where it would go to this administration process. So you basically apply to get your birth certificate changed. You check over your details and then if you get accepted, it gets changed. Also, it would include non-binary as an option. Because right now, legally, you can't be non-binary. Which just blows my mind because there are thousands, if not millions of people across the world that don't identify as either male or female. They identify as something else or they're non-binary. And not having that in law in the UK is ridiculous. It... Oh. We've got a long way to go, but that's the thing with the LGBT community. We're not just going to back off. We're going to keep fighting until it's completely equal and everyone accepts us, which might be never, and that's fine. We'll keep fighting. We'll keep pushing until more changes are made and we will get equality for male female, non-binary, all aspects of LGBT communities. And this goes not just for the LGBT community, LGBT community, but minorities in general. They should stand up and fight for who they are and what they believe in. And as long as it's socially acceptable for other groups to do it, for straight people to do it, for white people to do it, it should be acceptable for everyone to do it. And it really annoys me that it's not. <laughs> and honestly, I could rant about this for ages. But I'm not going to. <laughs> I think I might just have an episode. Maybe in a couple of weeks where I just rant about everything 
and get it all off my chest. Because I want to put the world to right. And hopefully some of you will listen. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be back next Sunday. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Sometime next week anyway. I'm going to be back. So, listen out for that. And it will be the first episode of March. And the first episode of Spring 2019. So, I'll see you then. Have a brilliant rest of your week. Cheerio. Also, if you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Or subscribe if you're new around here. Plus, feedback, questions, or comments can be given at verybritishpodcast at gmail. That's very British podcast at gmail.com. Cheerio!